You're listening to CSM, Copeland Sports Media, your source for sports analysis, fantasy football, and fun. Welcome to the Copeland Sports Media Football Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Caden. And I'm Jackson. And we're here to talk about some football. Yes. What are we talking about today, guys? <laughs> you know what we're talking about today. <laughs> Why don't you just introduce the topic? We're talking about the man, <laughs> the myth, the legend, future <laughs> Hall of Famer, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's not good. here or anything. No, he's not here with us in studio. We tried. He didn't answer my email. <laughs> <laughs> So, Caden, you picked uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers for the deep dive, so why don't you kick us off? Right, okay. So, I just found some stats on Aaron Rodgers that I wanted to talk about, because I don't think people actually appreciate just how good he is. Uh, I mean, he's widely considered you know, a top 10, maybe top 5 all-time quarterback, and rightfully so, but I, I don't think people really realize just how unique of a talent he is. So, a couple things. First Enlighten of all... Enlighten us. I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> So, he has the highest career passer rating of any quarterback with more than 60 starts. He is top five in all-time passing touchdowns, top 10 in yards, and not even top 100 in interceptions. He is tied for 128th. Best interception percentage of all time, so the percentage of his throws that end in picks, his is lower than any other quarterbacks. And fun fact, this is unrelated to Aaron Rodgers, but second place, you know who it is? Tyrod Taylor who Jackson now hates because he single-handedly got him eliminated from the fantasy football playoffs, but that's besides the point. Uh, Another interesting one, Carson Wentz is in the top 10. That's interesting. He does not get picked (laughs) off a lot. He's very good at protecting the ball, which is bizarre when you watch him play. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't seem like it at all. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers has had 14 seasons as the Packers' starting quarterback, two of which he's had double-digit interceptions. For comparison, Tom Brady had nine in his first 14 years as a starter. Peyton threw double-digit interceptions 13 out of 14 years. And Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers' predecessor, didn't have a season without double-digit interceptions until he was 40. Yeah, but Brett Favre was a badass gunslinger. Well, yeah. So was Rodgers. Rodgers can sling it better than any other quarterback in the NFL. No, I mean, I'm, I'm hardly surprised that Brett Favre, you know, that that stat applies to him. He was notorious for turning the ball over at a high rate. But I also think it's almost more impressive that suddenly at 40 years old, (laughs) he learned how to not turn the ball over. Like he just retired, switched teams, went to the Vikings. And all of a sudden he, he he learned how to protect the ball. Um, (laughs) That, that brings up some interesting points though. You can't talk about Aaron Rodgers without talking about Brett Favre. And, And it actually leads you down that path of quarterback development Back in Aaron Rodgers' day, he was drafted. He sat behind Favre for what four seasons? Maybe it may have been longer than that. And, and then, he, and then he took the reins. Um, and then, and then he became sort of the epitome of, of the mobile quarterback. I read an article last week in ESPN magazine about how people teach, you know, the the Aaron Rodgers toe pop or whatever, with the thing where he jumps and pops his leg to generate more. You know, power. Oh yeah, on, his, on his, his throwing throws. motion. Yeah, his throwing motion so, and his, his his quick release with. The, I wouldn't with necessarily say that Aaron Rodgers is the epitome of the mobile quarterback. Uh, you know, no, no, he he was sort of he kicked off that that regime of quarterbacks. Now, of course, they're everywhere. But these guys were trained from Pop Warner up through high school to emulate 
Aaron Rodgers throwing motion. That's true. It, it's I, a I thing. mean, throughout the Aaron country, Rodgers himself has this. become the film session for quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is beautiful to watch. I mean, like it, it is just so yeah. satisfying to watch the way, like the, it, 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 the way the ball comes off his hand is ridiculous. And like, yeah, I mean, it is teaching tape for every single young quarterback in the country. But where I was going with that is, yes, Aaron Rodgers, very low interception ratio period interception to touchdowns anyway any interception to completion however you want to look at it he protects the ball he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions but he learned that over the course of three years i guess you can't say he learned it from brett far no (laughs) but but he developed behind brett far for three years we don't do that anymore we draft a quarterback and we start him week one of their well there are still there are still new examples of like mahomes sat behind alex smith for a year and that worked out pretty well. Yeah, and the next Trey one Lance coming up, Trey Lance has been sitting, now sitting behind for Jimmy Garoppolo. Everyone's saying right now that uh, drafting Lance ahead of Mac is a mistake, but I think they're going to be regretting that when you know Trey gets his time in the light. I'm saying from what I've seen so far, like from the quarterbacks themselves, as well as from the regimes that are a part of the teams that are a part of, I if I had to make a prediction at this point, I would say that Trey Lance will have the best career out of anybody in this in this quarterback class. That's He's, a- that's a bold prediction. It, it might be. Um, yeah, considering Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to say Mac Jones too. Mac Jones is incredible, but I just I think he's. I don't I don't see a ceiling being that much higher than what he's playing at right now. No, exactly. He's, That's he's, the thing. This is what Mac Jones is, and this is what Mac Jones is always going to be. Yeah, the way I've heard it stated. Shout out to Fair Shake Football is Mac Jones has the talent to be a top ten quarterback in the NFL every given season, but. Trey Lance is an MVP caliber yeah. when he's playing at his best, you know, and given that year to learn behind Garoppolo is going to help him a lot in the mm-hmm. long term. Well, before we get back to Aaron Rodgers, I have a lot of respect <laughs> for Mac Jones and, and his willingness to do whatever it takes to win. I mean, that game against including Buffalo throwing in no passes. Snow. Yeah. <laughs> three pass attempts to do rushes. whatever it takes, which is nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. Manage the game. Don't turn the ball over and we'll pound the rock in the snow. He's willing to do that, and and you know. I would of, say if he turned the ball over with three pass attempts, there would be an issue. <laughs> Fair enough. So Aaron um, Rodgers, he, he yeah. is your he's your deep sure. dive this week, um, greatest of all time. Second, I would say behind Brady. Okay, is, you, were just, you were just you were just telling us how much better his stats were than Brady. <clears throat> yeah, well, but it doesn't equate only, to Super Bowls. No, exactly. I would say from a pure data analytics standpoint, from a pure statistical standpoint, there's never been a more efficient passer in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers. It's not even particularly close, statistically speaking. When it comes to putting points on the board and protecting the ball, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. But seven Super Bowls speaks for itself. And, you know, I don't know. The argument doesn't go beyond that anymore for Brady. It is it is seven Super Bowls with two different teams, you know, three MVPs possibly going on four this season, the way he's playing. Um, and he is, you know, the all-time leader for every single passing stat. It's not, it's not like you can actually say that anyone has an argument of being better than Brady. But what I think it's an interesting point on Brady and Rodgers, respectively, is uh, their differences when it comes to quarterbacking. Because Aaron Rodgers is kind of a more modern quarterback where, you know, kids grow up watching tape of him outside of the pocket, mm. throwing him on motion, you know, making plays happen off script. Where Tom Brady is the epitome of playing on script, playing to yes. a schedule. And that's, that's the a point I want to make is like, you know, I, when you watch Tom Brady play, you never see him do something that 
Aaron Rodgers isn't capable of. You know, I mean, nobody does it as consistently, as routinely, and as you know. You know, you Tom Brady is the most reliable quarterback in the history of the game. He is going to make the right read almost every time. He's going to put the ball in the right spot almost every time. And he's done that for 22 years now, however long he's been in the league. And he's going to keep doing it until the day he retires. But you never see him do something that Aaron Rodgers cannot do. I routinely see Aaron Rodgers do things that Brady can't do. Yeah. The only thing I'll say Brady has uh, very heavily over Rodgers is the communication between Brady and his offensive line is unparalleled when it comes to other quarterbacks in in the entirety of the NFL's history. Maybe Manning had a Peyton that is had a similar uh, command of his offense. <laughs> you can pull up the clip. I'm talking one? to the center. Jeff Saturday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, those two were like best friends. It's, they weren't just yelling at each other on the sideline all the time. It's like, but no, I mean, when you talk about having a command of your offense, I mean, I think that might be something that Aaron Rodgers is maybe not quite as proficient at as Brady or or Peyton Manning but that's because nobody proficient. is yeah entirely I mean those two are are coaches on the field they are the epitome of having a, a coach on the field um, and I'm not that's not to say that Aaron Rodgers isn't quite that but he's not at the same level of that I don't think I was gonna ask you know is Tom Brady and, and by Tom Brady I mean is the pocket passer your quintessential, you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s pocket passer quarterback. Is it a dying breed? No. And then you turn and you look at Mac Jones. Right. Uh, who is no, I mean, who's filling that role for the Patriots. Here's so the thing. You can't say that, but there's definitely a dichotomy between your pocket passer offense and your, your mobile quarterback offense. And, and the trends in the NFL are certainly leaning towards the, the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, the mobile model. Sure. And like, I think that's. You know, those are another tool and toolkit that that every quarterback ideally would have. You know, I mean, if you have a choice between having Lamar Jackson's mobility and not having Lamar Jackson's mobility in your quarterback, which are you going to take? You know, you want as many tools as possible, but there's <laughs> never, ever going to be a, an, a, a point in NFL history where the efficient pocket passer mold of quarterback isn't effective anymore. As long as there are good coaches in the NFL there is room for pocket passers to have success. As yeah. long as there are coaches with a halfway decent game plan, if a quarterback can execute that game plan, they're going to be effective. Regardless of whether they can run around like Aaron Rodgers, throw it 70 yards like Patrick Mahomes, it, it, those are extraneous traits in yeah, a quarterback I, position. I once watched Trent Dilfer win a Super Bowl, so case in point. <laughs> Yeah, lots of uh, coaches and coordinators fall in love with these uh, mobile quarterbacks and their ability to open up a playbook. And it's and, fair; it's easy to see why, to be fair. Yeah, of course. But it does need to be said that those traits, your physical traits, don't necessarily equate to actually being a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, to all our pudgy college kid listeners out there, he didn't mean that. He's just trying to make a point. <laughs> I think it was directed at Tom and Mac. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you look at the uh, Niners. I hear about the Niners all the time. Is you know they need a mobile quarterback to open up the next element to their offense, which is true. But they especially made a with Super an offense with Garoppolo, yeah, especially when an offense is based on motion mm-hmm. and holding the edge and opening up running lanes. I could see why Trey Lance oh, everyone, is the future there. Everyone should be terrified of what Shanahan's going to be able to do with that kid. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, they made a Super Bowl with Garoppolo. Yeah, and. In a, in a similar fashion to Mac Jones this last, uh, you know, 
in his last game against the Bills, uh, how many pass attempts in the playoffs did Garoppolo make? I think it was I, 16. Was it? I think he attempted uh, I think that 16. was like 16 going into the Super Bowl or yeah, something. It was not, 16 yeah. pass attempts in the playoffs. Yeah. And they, and they, they, had, a, the they had a commanding lead in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. This yeah. is not the Jimmy Garoppolo episode. This is the Aaron <laughs> Rodgers episode. Well, so it's a got, quarterback I, I, that's, That was pretty much it for my stats. I had a couple more that I wanted to mention. First of all, Aaron Rodgers did all of that, all the stuff that I mentioned. And the Packers, meanwhile, have not drafted a receiver in the first round in his entire 17-year career. Yeah, the Packers have a have a knack for finding these no-name receivers that actually play well, and you have to wonder how much of that is, is a credit to Aaron Rodgers. Well, to find a no-name receiver. Well, I'm not talking about uh, Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams, but but you know your your MVSs of the world, and, and every once in a while somebody catches a pass, you're like, who 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 was that guy? <laughs> uh, I mean, these aren't big names in the draft, but they're developing them, and they've got Aaron Rodgers throwing them the ball. But also, here's this point, right? Is first of all, Devonta Adams wasn't a first round pick. He wasn't a highly toted well, he receiver was a prospect. Rounder. Yeah, he was, but he wasn't, you know, the guy. He wasn't supposed to be the best receiver the NFL has ever seen. Hmm. You know, nothing like that. He didn't have that high expectations going in. Rogers made it work. Rogers made it work with Jordy Nelson before him. Jordy Nelson did not have first round pedigree. Um, hmm. and you you can go down the list of oh, all yeah. the receivers there's a, there's Rogers has worked with throughout the years. Yeah. And I Randall think Cobb, has to Donald be made. Driver, like. Jake Kumaro. Yeah, Jake Kumaro. <laughs> uh, I think the note has to be made where, yeah, they don't necessarily pay a lot of you know attention to taking talent in the first round or taking highly toted receivers. They don't even bring in free agents for him. Mm-hmm. But they have ensured that he has a strong and healthy offensive line for the entirety of his mm-hmm. career. Yeah. And that and the impact that that's had on his success can't go unnoticed. No, absolutely not. And I think people love to point the finger at, oh, they should have drafted a receiver. But, you know, if that means they couldn't have Brian Bulaga, mm. I don't think Rodgers would take that. You know? No, I agree. And I think, you know, if you look at, if you just name, you know, maybe the 10 greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, all of them played with great O-lines for most of their career. It's a, it's a pretty common factor. I mean, people like to, you know, I think Jameis Winston's a good example. Jameis Winston was a Heisman winner, picked first overall, uh, rookie of the year, pro bowler in his first, first one of his first two seasons. Um, but he was never, ever protected. He had a good receiving core most of his, his career with the Bucks. Never had any protection, never had any continuity of coaching, and the pick didn't work out. You know, And now we shipped him off to the Saints. He was benched for a year, <laughs> came in. We, we tore his ACL. Uh, you know, he was he, doing we well, meaning yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, of yeah, course. We're Bucks we didn't do it personally. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went on the field. <laughs> no, and it's kind of funny that we, uh, we started to pay attention to the offensive line just as soon as we got rid mm-hmm. of him, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I'm sure Brady insisted. Well, I mean, well, that's why Brady at, came here because yeah. we had a good offensive line. Well, we I, had a good receiver room. We had room to work for him in this offense. Well, that's not necessarily true. So let me think of the timeline here. We drafted Werfs after we signed Brady. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We had Donovan Smith had place at left tackle, but he was, you know, notoriously a poor pass protector for, for many years before Brady got there. Um, Ali Marpet was there for a while. Uh, Ryan Jensen, I think we seen signed the off season before we signed Brady. So I guess, yeah, we had a lot of we, pieces we on the offensive line, yeah. uh, before Brady got there. But I mean, Werfs was really the home run of, of the group that, you know, has took, took our offensive line to the next level and took our offense to the next level. Um, he doesn't get enough respect. He's a good deep dive candidate, I think, because Tristan Werfs legitimately has the potential to be the greatest offensive tackle we've ever seen in the NFL. I believe that. 
And I, you know, there's a little hint of bias and Bucks homerism in that, but I mean, he allowed what one sack his entire rookie year and it was yeah. to Khalil Mack. And I don't think he's allowed one this year. And his athletic testing numbers are like 99th percentile across the board for offensive linemen. He's six, six, 330 pounds with, you know, ridiculously long arms. Like if you, if you created an offensive tackle in a lab, it would look a hell of a lot like Tristan Wirfs. I feel compelled to remind you that this is not the Buccaneers offensive line episode. This is the Aaron Rodgers. Let the conversation flow. Who cares? The ageless wonder Tom Brady aside, Aaron Rodgers is what? 36, 37, 37 years old. He's like it or not. He's nearing the end of, of his career in the next Mm -hmm. five years or so. We tell that to Brady is Jordan love. Brady answer. Terry. Nobody knows. There's I no need to say. to say like, oh, they busted on Jordan Love. Oh, they I'm need not, to graph- I'm not suggesting that. I'm asking is is Jordan Love, you know, where does he fall in this spectrum of of Oak Tree in the pocket to, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson? He's not the fact Lamar that Jackson. Is, I mean, nobody, nobody knows. Well, he he was drafted, I think uh, a lot of the reason he was drafted first round by the Packers is he's a similar prototype to Rodgers. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't think anyone is Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I think he's, you know, similar scrambler sure but he, he runs to throw more so than like lamar jackson running uh, to pick up yardage uh, with on the ground like it's a similar prototype to rogers i guess but uh, i mean we need to see a lot more from him before i have any confidence that he's the long-term answer he played he started one game against the chiefs and got shut out and up to that point the chiefs were one of the worst passing defenses in the nfl so it's it was concerning. Yeah. But that's <laughs> not think, to say the kid can't make it. No, work. absolutely not. I think he has a chance to make it work for sure. But I, th- I think another thing is like when Aaron Rodgers had his whole controversy with the franchise, I mean, what are the odds that the Packers would have traded him if they were at all confident that Jordan love was the long-term answer? Yeah. I don't, I mean, personally, I think you don't trade Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's my personal yeah. take on the situation. If it can be avoided, you keep the reigning MVP on your team. You know, yeah. Yeah. Is it a foregone conclusion that he's leaving this offseason, though? It's hard to say. I think he he, he has pretty much said so. Um, <laughs> he won't give an official statement. No, he, he, he won't. That's true. And like even Devontae Adams, when asked, uh, you know, do you want to play with Rodgers next year? Or do you want to play for the Packers? He said, well, I hope it can be both. I just don't think it will be. Um, I think Rodgers wants to finish his career as a Packer. I think ideally he would like to, but I think he was disrespected by the front office. And I think as long as uh, Brian Gutekunst, I think is the name yeah. of the GM, as long as he's there, I don't think Aaron Rodgers stays beyond this this offseason. I think he's oh. had um, some, a lot of fair grievances with the team. And does does it tarnish a quarterback's legacy when they when they finish their career somewhere else? I mean, certainly no. that's not the case with Tom Brady, but I think back was to Was that like, the case with Favre? Or Peyton Manning. Well, I, I think with Favre, it, it, it was a, to a to a tiny extent. And I, I look back at, at Joe Montana, for example, finishing his career with what the Chiefs. What about Jerry Rice? That's not a quarterback. It doesn't have to be. No. You does can, it, you can does just say tarnish? the names what of about NFL Michael players Jordan? over well, and over again. Yes, absolutely it tarnished Michael Jordan's He's still career. the greatest ever. Of course. That's arguable. But uh, I, let's I, not get into that. Oh, I'm, 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 no, I'm saying I'm, I'm full team Michael Jordan, but you know, it's not exactly a... A, a widely accepted opinion at this point. I think most people would probably say that. Oh, you LeBron think that would have been different? I, I think the answer is it well, depends on what happens. You know, when when Joe Montana went to the Chiefs and just kind of fizzled out. You know, Brett Favre went to the the Vikings. I, I 
think they made the playoffs that yeah, year. No, they, that was the year but that he, it, uh, he suddenly learned how to protect yeah, the ball. And then they, 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 they just kind of fizzled out. You know, I think Brady is the exception to the rule. He came to Tampa Bay and, and won a Super Bowl in year one. I mean, that, that's unheard of. Well, most, most of these guys just kind of get put out to pasture. And I do think it tarnishes their legacy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see Aaron Rodgers finish out his career in Green well, Bay. Here's I think Aaron Rodgers is a Green Bay Packer and always will be in the minds of most of the people, most of the football fans in, in the world. Well, it depends. It largely depends. I mean, Peyton Manning, when when he left the Colts, left. He, well, yeah, when he was cut was from cut. the Colts. Um <laughs> You know, everyone, I mean, pretty much the entire NFL universe said, you know, he will always be a Colt. I will always remember Peyton Manning as a Colt. And honestly, I remember Peyton Manning as a Bronco. And that's probably because I'm younger than most NFL fans, I guess. But, you know, I think he he did, you know, enough on the Broncos to kind of have a great legacy with both teams. Um, And, you know, Brady's the same. I mean, he's a Patriot through and through, but he's also going to be Buccaneers royalty. He already is Buccaneers royalty. Um and you it know, doesn't I think take it's much just, here. Yeah, I think you know. You mentioned like <laughs> they they leave teams and then they fizzle out. And I think most quarterbacks fizzle out to end their career. That's why their careers end. And I think the issue is like if you fizzle out with the team that drafted you, the team that you brought Super Bowls to, you're going to be remembered fondly no matter what. Even if the end of your career isn't all, you know, if you don't shine that brightly and go out with a bang, you know, you're still you're still a legend. But I think when you leave your team and then you fizzle out and have a couple of rough years, you know, you might not be. There's a whole f- new fan base, a new city that doesn't remember you as fondly. And I think that can tarnish your legacy to a certain extent. I'm glad we agree. That's exactly what I said. So the Packers are sitting at 9-3. and three. They're, the, they're the two seed in the NFC. One game behind the Cardinals. Cardinals. And, <laughs> and the Buccaneers are have the same record, but the Bucks are the three seed. So it's a really tight race behind them is the Cowboys at 8-4 and four, and then the Rams at 8-4 and four in the wild card slot. Uh, how does this shake out? Where do the Packers end up in the uh, in the NFC playoff picture? NFC Championship again? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's the Packers. They, I think they, yeah, he, it's like they just invite them every year. Right? <laughs> the high end of the NFC this year, like top five teams in the NFC, are all incredible. Yeah. So, now, if any of those top five teams in the NFC, those current top five seeds, make the Super Bowl, you know, whether it's the Cardinals, Packers, Buccaneers, Cowboys, or Rams, I think the NFC will be very well represented. I mean, any of those teams could be a one seed in a in a normal year in the NFL. They're all Super Bowl caliber teams. I really believe that. Yeah. So it's hard to say how this is going to shake out over the last what is it four weeks of the NFL that we have left to go five five weeks. Um, but there's a, a much steeper drop off in the AFC picture. You've got the Patriots sitting at nine and four, and they're they're a little bit of a surprise. I mean, hmm. nobody was betting on the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. In, no, I, in I, I, that's true. Uh, and then you got Bills at seven and five, and then the Dolphins at six and seven, and the Jets. Uh, well, you know what? Sorry, I'm. I'm <laughs> Are you I'm gonna, looking I'm at the that. AFC? East? I, yeah, I accidentally looked at the <laughs> AFC East. Uh, damn it. <laughs> We're going to cut that yeah. part. No, we are not going to cut that. Are you kidding? <laughs> the Jets are like, going on the playoffs. Like, Wait a minute. Is Jets are three Jets and nine. Four seed? I'm so confused. Steep drop off there. Oh my no, in reality, the AFC is actually very tight. Uh, yeah, much, much tighter than the NFC. And they're very good, too. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, Patriots 9-4, and four, Chiefs I would say, eight and 4 Ravens 8-4, and four, Titans 8-4, and four, and then yeah. a whole bunch of 7-5. and five Yeah, teams. I would say that the high-end teams of the NFC are better than the AFC, but I think the AFC in general, you know, the average team in the AFC is better than the average team in the, a- in the NFC. Um, the AFC is a very balanced conference right now. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC. Um, I mean, look at the AFC North. <laughs> the competition in that division alone mm. is... You know, indicative of the rest of the NFC. 
Uh, wait, uh, uh-huh. NFC? Hey, NFC. Sorry. <laughs> Cut that part out. <laughs> yeah. Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. Divisions are confusing, man. All, all within two games of each other. Anyway, we're not supposed to be talking about uh, this. We're, we can Shut talk about whatever up. we want to talk about. Let's just... <clears throat> doesn't need to have a strict format. Let the conversation flow, man. That's what people want to see. Thank you for listening to the Copeland Sports Media Football Podcast. Please remember there are two ways you can pay us a compliment. The first is by subscribing to our podcast using your favorite podcast app or by visiting copelandsportsmedia.com. And the second is by asking a friend to do the same thing. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.